Welcome to another episode of The Room Podcast, brought to you by NewEnglandMMA.org. Please follow, share, and enjoy the show, starting right now. Hey guys, we're live now. Welcome to the show. Oh, Wait. here we go. Oh, I What's forgot. What's going on? I got my new, um, you guys going to see it if you have your phones. I actually have my new uh, banner that Walt, our buddy, made for us. Now I have three banners. I have one for the podcast room over there, a back banner, and a traveling banner for us guys, man. So uh, we're uh, changing things up every every week or now, man, uh, adding little things. So uh, welcome to the show again, guys. Thank you, man. Yeah, always upgrading, right? We're always trying to do uh, bring things to the next level and uh, make it look as professional as we can. So, guys, um, how was your uh, how was your week? What's today, Tuesday? How was your weekend? I should say. Busy restaurant industry, baby. Uh, I went. Uh, I, I went ice skating tonight with my kids, and I haven't ice skated in probably twenty years. And I definitely pulled my groin. <laughs> so I'm nursing a pulled groin after spending 15 minutes on the ice with my, with my kids. But I, it, it was fun. <laughs> I'm sure you'll feel even more spots tomorrow, brother. Like them quads, yeah, the dude, hamstrings, all that. You're stuff. using like weird muscles that you've never used in you know a long time. And uh, it, was, it was good to get out there. But it made me realize how friggin' old I am. Like, you know, I just turned 40 and it's depressing. Well, Travis, uh, you talked about the restaurant industry. We never really talk about what we do other than, uh, you know, MMA and do shit. But um, you work at a restaurant, Travis. It's, you know, you've been working through the, working through and not through the COVID situation and all that. But now it's kind of booming. You're working every fucking night, right? Yeah, well, right now um, I work at a little local establishment called Pepperell Cove here uh, in Kittery Point, just a town over from where I live. And, uh... Yeah, it's 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 a great business to work for. I really love it. But um, we have a couple of chef owners who hadn't had a vacation in a bunch of years, so they headed off to Brazil uh, to where one of our chefs is from. So I picked up some uh, time in the kitchen, which I haven't done in a few years uh, since I've been a server in the front of the house for a little while. Um, picked up some shifts just to help them out, try to do my thing, be the team player, because uh, they're always really good to me. So. Well, Travis, you're no stranger to cooking. I mean, you've had plenty of uh, posts that made people drool and want to go out to a restaurant immediately with some of your uh, homemade um, creations, man. Where's the background from the cooking come from? What? Uh, how'd you pick that up? Well, uh, growing up, my grandmother owned a little uh, restaurant. It was just a uh, breakfast lunch place in downtown South Berwick, where I kind of kind of where I grew up, and. Uh, I grew up in the kitchen there, um, just learning, uh, watching my grandparents uh, do what they did, watching my mom do what they what she did when she was at home. Um, I mean, the greatest cooks to learn from are the people that are closest to you, so uh, that's where I learned all my stuff from. And then after high school, I became a welder. I was a nuclear welder for um, about six years, um, and it just wasn't for me. And then the, when I tried to get back out into the working world, I had to think, you know, what skills do I already have in my back pocket that I can just parlay into a career? So I started out in some kitchens, um, went through a few kitchens here on the seacoast, cooked for probably five and a half, six years. Um, and then I worked for a very well-known restaurant, Vita Cantina, uh, here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, and they opened up another restaurant that was a barbecue restaurant. And one night they were down a server, they came into the kitchen, asked who had ever served at a restaurant before I raised my hand and the rest is history. Awesome, my man. Awesome. Lars, uh, you're in, uh, you're a professional industry behind the desk on the phone, uh, Skype meetings and, uh, you know, all that good stuff, uh, wheeling and dealing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, been in the insurance industry for, uh, 15 years in sales. And, uh, now I've been doing some marketing stuff with Dempsey marketing group. So, doing a lot of uh, con consulting for businesses when it comes to, uh, you know, their marketing plans and logos, strategies, uh, you know, how they want to 
engage their 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 audience. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's a little bit different than what I've been doing. You know, insurance is a little different than marketing to a degree, but I've always been in that sales marketing world. And uh, yeah, so nothing sexy, but you know, I my my passion really lies in MMA and you know managing fighters and uh, you know what we have going at NewEnglandMMA.org. That, that's my true passion, and hopefully it turns into a full-time gig someday. But at this point, you know, you got to pay the bills. Well, let's uh, talk about that New England, a, and New, New, New England MMA and uh, what's been going on. Um, before we talk about local news and shit going on out there, Lodge, you've been doing a great job with the rankings and, uh, you know, giving nice write-ups on uh, each individual division there, man. You are up to the middleweights now. You just released that today, correct? Yep. Yeah, we released the middleweights today. You know, you know the rankings are already out there, so everybody knows who's already ranked where. Uh, but I think it it, it, it kind of adds a little flavor and a little color to the rankings when, uh, you know, you kind of go through them in a little more detail and talk about some of these guys and what they've been doing and where they're going. So, um, you know, that's fun. And we'll, we'll go through all the pros and the amateurs here soon. So, um you know, just trying to give these guys some shine and hopefully, uh, you know, get to the next level. Yeah, and I'm sure when we get to the amateurs, I mean, some of the divisions, uh, there's not so much to, you know, there is a to, some to write about, but these kids haven't had these long careers like the pros that you're writing uh, about now. So, you know, they'll be shortened up and um, we'll get them all out there. But you're doing a fabulous job uh, highlighting the fighters, their careers, and, uh, you know, how they got to where they are in the rankings, uh, you know, from their past experiences. So with that said, man, uh, where you guys want to start? There was a lot of shit that's going on. We talked a couple of weeks ago when I think we, uh, I think we brought out the rankings. It might have even been three weeks ago. I can't tell now. But, hey, man, where do you want to start? There's a lot of shit going on, a couple of announcements, of big fights coming this weekend. Um, tell you, Where you want to start? I'll, I'll hit Instagram. We can go look at anything you want to look at. So uh, throw it out there. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we, I think the big news recently was, you know, uh, Premier, uh, you know, having some issues paying some of their fighters. I don't think we need to talk about that. We've already hashed that over. Uh, but I, I think what we need to do is, is talk about some of these upcoming cards that we have here on the horizon. You know, it's been a little bit of time since we've had a local show in New England, just because of the holidays. It's typically a downtime for a lot of these promotions. Uh, but we we got we got a full slate coming up. You know we got Cage Titans 51 on February 5th. Uh, you know we should talk about that. We got NEF on the next week on February 12th. Uh, we have uh, Donnie Brook up in Vermont, which I believe is February 19th, if I'm if I'm correct. Then we have Cage Titans Combat Night 3 on February 25th. So we have. Four weeks in a row. And then right after that, we have CES 66 on March 4th. So that's literally uh, five weeks in a row we have local fights going on starting, you know, uh, a week and a half from now. Yeah, so we, we got a full, full slate of action going on, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, we'll be at most of those events highlighting them, putting our previews out. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of fights on those cards that we should definitely tap into. Well, uh, what card you want to just, uh, or what, not card, but what announcement or where you want to look? Some, uh, you know, Cage Titans had a big announcement uh, that has to do with full contact management also. And a lot of fighters that are going to be on that uh, February 5th card from, uh, from the full contact management side, man. Let's talk about that first card, uh, Cage Titans, man. It's looking to be uh, something pretty, pretty special, the first card of, uh, you know, the year here. Yeah, Travis, take it away, brother. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to be a great card. Cage Titans is always a great show. Um, yeah, uh, full contact management. We got some uh, some guys on the card. We got uh, Jake Hicksonbaugh. Uh, he'll be fighting on the card. Um, we also have Jacob Bone, who's fighting in the main event against Joe Giannetti. And uh, we have Jeff Joy uh, on that card as well. He'll be fighting Michael Titan Taylor out of New York. Um, so that's pretty big for us. Um, three guys on one card. We're super happy to have it. Um, we got some guys uh, coming up as well on the fight uh, 
the combat night card as well so we can talk about that later but uh yeah we're super excited for cage titans how could you not be uh great venue great fights great list of uh team members on the, the card i feel like uh, it just keeps getting bigger yeah and i, and I think like when, when you talk about cage titans like i've been i've been involved in, in this game for 12 years now in the region and I, my first Cage Titan show at Plymouth Memorial Hall was probably four years ago. Uh, and I was blown away uh, by the product that Michael Povera puts out and the atmosphere and the energy in that room. There's n nothing like you can compare it to in New England. It's just, it gives you goosebumps when you got a, a packed house like that. It's stadium seating. Uh, if you've never been to a Cage Titan show at Plymouth Memorial Hall and you're an MMA fan in New England, you have to go check out one of their shows. I know the show uh, on February 5th is pretty close to sold out, so if you're going to get tickets, get them soon. Uh, obviously, we have some guys that we manage will be on that card. A few of the fights fell off due to COVID issues, um, and, you know, we can get into that. You know, one of them, uh, Shane Manley, versus Don Shanus, which is, in my opinion, one of the best 145 scraps that we've seen in New England in quite some time. You know, two evenly matched fighters, two grinders. It's going to be a war. It's going to be uh, a lot of energy, a lot of cardio, yeah. and uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to be a blast. You know, that's supposed to have happened on the February 5th card, but unfortunately, you know, Shane came down with COVID, he wasn't he had to be out of the gym for a week and a half two weeks so he couldn't train uh at the level he needed to for a five-round fight against a fighter like don shanis and don shanis being the professional that he is said yep that's totally cool let's push it off to the next card and mike polver being the professional that he is uh essentially you know uh got this second card created out of thin air on february 25th uh, it's a Friday night show, which is a little different for Cage Titans, but uh, Don Shanis for Shane Manley will be the headliner of that show, which will be fucking amazing. Um, that will be an awesome fight. Uh, so that card, that, that fight fell off to, to the next card. And then we also had Colin Robinson, uh, who's 3-0 Amy, who's going to fight for the Cage Titans uh, middleweight amateur belt. That fight got uh, pushed off as well due to COVID. So we're trying to reschedule that for hopefully, you know, March, April timeframe, you know, and shout out to Colin Robinson, Superman. He, uh, you know, Travis is repping his shirt right now. So uh, get on there grab his swag, uh, you know, get some drip. And Colin Robinson's the next big thing in the middleweight division here in New England. So keep an eye on him. Uh, but, you know, Mike Povera and Cage Titans always, you know, doing, doing things for the fighters and their marketing is amazing. Their matchups are great. The venue is, you know, uh, crazy. And, and if you have a chance to go and, and watch that show in person, you know, get a ticket soon. And, and it, you know, it gives me goosebumps to think about some of the times that I've been there and seen some, some high-octane fights. And I think both you guys can attest to that as well. Well, uh, you know, Laz, in this conversation, you mentioned uh, combat night coming up. And that was announced yesterday on uh, Table Titans, and that is the card that Shanus and uh, our guy there, Manly, are going to go at it. Um, so that was the first, I mean, there was, you heard Tricklins, and you were, you were having conversations with Mike Povea, but yesterday was the, the first announcement of that, correct? So Yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Go so ahead. you, listen, you listened in on the podcast and stuff. Well, what's going on with that card? So it's going to be, do you know what's entailed as far as the, the combat? Are they going to have that uh, small glove fights, or is it just going to be amateur fights as far as uh, the Muay Thai section? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to run the gamut. And, and honestly, like, I've been in touch with Polver throughout this whole process of trying to get the second card lined up once Manly and Shane has got pushed off. And uh, we've kept, you know, in touch pretty closely and what mike Polver did to get this fight off the ground for february 25th is insane you know the guy's a machine he never stops working you know the long and short of it is there were some hurdles to, to get over when it came to the athletic commission uh and mike got over those hurdles and it wasn't an easy task and uh, i give him i tip my cap to him because 
you know, he basically, in, 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 there, there wasn't sign-off to get this card going until literally, you know, less than a week ago. So, uh, you know, Mike's effort and his resiliency, his due diligence, and his uh, just his relentlessness uh, paid off and allowed him to get this fight going. But there, there's not many people in this industry, not only in New England, but in the country that puts as much, much effort and passion behind these cards that Mike Colbert does. So I got to, I got to give a shout out to him. Um, you know, those are, those are the guys that help elevate this sport in the region. Those are the guys that help get these fighters to the next level. And those are the guys that honestly, we should all want to be involved with. Um, so I, I don't want to sound like a cage Titan fluffer here, but in reality, like, you know, they're doing it right. Uh, they're, they're doing good things. And, and I hope that, um, you know, the promoters in New England take note and put in half the effort that Mike Colbert does when it comes to putting these cards together because uh, the guy never stops working. He'll message me at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., um, you know, whether it's about matchups or, you know, what do you think about this? You know, we're always going back and forth and, and putting ideas together. And uh, so it's, it's, it's really cool to see that card come together. Excellent. As far as uh, what you know about the the Muay Thai sexy, uh, do you know what's going on with that? Uh, that you can say, I, I, or he's already gave given out. I, I know there's definitely it's a combat night, which you know Cage Titans labels it a combat night, which means you, you're going to see some small glove Muay Thai. You'll probably see some traditional Muay Thai. You're definitely going to see some MMA fights, pro and amateur, um, and there may be even a grappling, uh, you know, uh, fight in there grappling match in there uh, as well so it's going to be more of a mix of the combat sports than you typically see from a cage titans card uh but but hey i think it's great uh you know let the more opportunity these guys have to get in the cage and, and compete and kind of hone their craft the better off we all are for this excellent uh travis you, you want to add anything before we move on uh just quickly i like like laura said the amount of time that that michael puts into these uh, cards is ridiculous but uh, he does this combat and I think it's a great thing to take the up and coming guys or maybe guys who haven't uh, decided to, to go into the realm of MMA, they're still stand up strikers or they intend to stay stand up strikers and put them on a card with like a main event like Sheamus and Manly and then have some pros underneath that, Just really, it's a really nice way to do an up and coming show with still a lot of intrigue with that big main event and I think he does it right when he does those Excellent. Well, before we want to, we move on tomorrow night. I will have on Arthur Mapufu, and I will have uh, the 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 our boy there, Jake. Jake Hicks. Yeah, the hitman. The hitman. Yeah, making his pro <laughs> debut, and uh, yeah, I'll have them both on separately, of course. But they'll be on tomorrow night. If if, if I can get his fucking medicals, Jake, send me your fucking medicals. <laughs> <laughs> He's a young kid, he ain't and I'm staying on top of him, but, uh, uh, say you know, we're getting yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'll, uh, he, say, he, he's stay, all right. He, he's got him. Out. I just need him to send him to me. Like, his his doctor wanted, him to, wanted my fax number. I'm like, who the fuck has a fax number anymore? Like, I have an email address. <laughs> like, I, like, his doctor was going to fax it to me. I'm like, I don't have a fax number. Maybe like, we need a – maybe, maybe, maybe New England MMA needs a fax number. I guess so. <laughs> All right, guys, um, let's move on to this weekend. Uh, we have uh, three fighters, uh, you know, one adopted New Englander in Shane, in uh, Blaine, I'm sorry. And then we have uh, two uh, New Englanders in Jorgen and Mr. Howard fighting in yep. Miami. So uh, who you want to talk to and uh, talk about first here? I can talk a little bit about Eagle FC 44. Let's go. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, it's the first time Eagle FC, owned by former lightweight world champion Khabib Nurmagomedov, it's the first time they're going to be fighting over here at the States. Um, they're going to be fighting in Miami, and it is a, it's a banger of a card. Uh, Sergei Karatanov against uh, Tyron Spong uh, is the main event to combat uh, veterans. And uh, it, it trickles down to be a pretty nice card. Jorgen um, is fighting, God, Sean, and I can't remember. Ha Hester, uh, no, what yes. is it? What is it? Asher. Asher. Sean Asher. He's 13-4-1, um, fought a little bit for Bellator. Um, 
Yeah, a uh, big matchup, and that didn't even make the main card. You got a former UFC guy against a really uh, a Bellator veteran, and that's on the prelim. So that that be I mean, a great card. Then you got, uh, like you said, John Doomsday Howard is fighting. Um, he's fighting one of those Dagestanis with one loss that uh, names all kind of sound familiar, so I don't really have uh, that right now. Um, also, Anthony Angiclani, he's on that card, former UFC welterweight. Um, let's see, Ray Borg. Yeah, it's just a, it's a loaded card. It's a good opportunity for uh, Jorgen um, after getting out of, uh, you know, that win at CES, coming off a three-fight losing streak in the UFC um, and, and getting back into the win column at CES and then signing a multi-fight deal with Khabib's company, who is a global uh, promotion at this point, um, coming over to the States, being in Miami, first card over in the States. I think it's just a big thing, you know? Um, so, it's, so it's, here's my question, Travis and Steve. Uh, you know, Eagle FC, they're, they're blasting onto the scene. They've actually put on, what, 43 shows previously. Yeah. I think most of before them have been Khabib, in Russia, right? Yeah, before Khabib was even, uh, you know, a thought taking them over. Yeah, yep. and so Khabib buys them. He bought them over a year ago, um, and now he's throwing out, it seems like, really high purses, which is great. I love it. Uh, and, you know, Jorgen's been public saying he's making just as much money in this four-fight deal with Eagle FC that he made with the UFC. So the UFC's lowest pay scale is typically twelve thousand a show, twelve thousand a win. Um, so let, let's assume Jorgen's making at least that that much money on the undercard, and then you have um, a couple guys who've been cut from the UFC: Ray Borg. You have uh, Rashad uh, Evans, Rashad yeah. Evans, yep, who's like forty-three-ish. UFC so. Hall of Famer. Making his yeah. combat sports comeback. I mean, it's so, yeah. He he's got all these guys, and then he's got some up and comers that he's mixing in there, like Jorgen. But you know, is that a business model that is lucrative? And, and they're not going to have any fans in attendance. It's just pay per view. So and it's not through UFC Fight Pass. And it's you have free. Catch, and it's it's free. Be, it's going to be shown for free. Yeah. Uh. So like, how I know, you know, Khabib's got some money stacked away from his fighting days. But he wasn't like a pro boxer making thirty, forty, fifty million dollars a year. He's very, he's a, a very, he's a very frugal man, though. I mean, he doesn't spend an awful lot of money, and um, you know that guy could have just banked everything he was making. I mean, do you ever see Khabib doing anything other than training and and you know being with his family and and running and wrestling bears, dude? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think you're right. Like. I think Khabib's got money, but like, where is this money coming from to pay these guys this type of money? With what's the revenue that's coming in? I, uh, and but it's a Russian company, so who the hell knows? Yeah. Maybe Vladimir Putin's behind it. Um, you know, who knows? But it it just it it's not the the typical business model you see for promotions here in the states. Uh, you know, they have long term success. And may, to may, bring in can guys, I interrupt? Maybe um. Maybe a silent partner that is not officially on paper, like a Dana White, might have a a, a little cash in, in involved in that because we know he's. I mean, he's been to the shows. It isn't like something he was against. Uh, I'm sure he's backed Khabib, and he isn't fearing that that promotion to you know do anything to harm, you know what he's making. So I think it's something that uh, you know, might have been talked about when Khabib was thinking about leaving and, and stuff like that. And it's an investment for well, Dana. You know what I mean? It's fighters that could actually fight for him down the line too. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. yeah. But we know Khabib's a great fighter, but is he a good businessman? I guess is what it comes down to. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, hey, I hey, hey it's just, like, it's just, it's just like the president of the United States. Be. He don't know what the fuck he's doing, but he's got 20 people around him that do, you know what I mean? Or try to, you know what I mean? So, exactly. right. Yeah, but hopefully it works out. But like, I wouldn't be investing in 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 Rashad Evans at 43 years old right now. Yeah, and he's probably paying him six figures, close to six figures, to come and fight. And uh, you know that I I just don't see that as being a good investment from a business perspective. You know, uh, the margins are pretty thin on on these promotions. But uh, who knows? I I hope it works out. But when you when you see that lineup, it's. Uh, 
and I don't know where they're getting their revenue from. Like, how are they generating revenue for this fight if they're not doing pay-per-view and, you know, <laughs> it's for free online and there's no fans in attendance? Where are they actually bringing in cash? You know, you've got to you've got to make ask those questions. Uncle Dana. Well, yeah. Putin. Putin. Yeah. Travis, what do you think? No, I, I just I think it's an interesting situation because I never looked at it as the no fans in attendance and free pay per view. I kind of just broke down the card a little bit. Uh, but if you put it that way, yeah, there's got to be some sort of investment behind it. Um, but uh, we. With anything, you got to make those big splashes. I, they'll probably be. This is a, a flashy, um, welcome to the United States. This is what we're here to do, kind of thing. When you put names like this on a card and stack it up like that, um, could very well be for future investment um, to get pe to get people in the states uh, watching Eagle FC. Now you put you take and put six or eight former UFC guys, a couple Dagestani upcomers, up and comers, and you get guys from all corners of the globe, so you can, you know maximize the fan base for your promotion great um will it work well you know time will tell but uh i think it's a great idea i just yeah i mean i, I going back to the no fans in attendance is, is always a weird thing to me brings me right back to mid-covid when we're watching these uh fights where all you can hear is the corners and the announcers and stuff it's well, just, well, all right. It's a little weird. Can I can I say one thing? It's going to be streamed for free. You know how many fucking people are in Russia going to watch that friggin' stream? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, there's sponsors that go along with that stream too. Even though it's free, there's going to be shit shown on that stream that has sponsors. Blah 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 blah. So they're bringing in revenue. So I mean, who knows what kind for of sure. stuff? You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I I think I mean, come on, we know. The, the Khabib clan and them guys all from them areas are killing it in the in the US and the UFC wouldn't it be kind of in Dana's best interest to help a, and market these fighters that potentially can come this way at some point because I mean they can't all fight for uh, Eagle FC you know what I mean it's like so I think it's more you know I think where are they getting the money it's like, like you said, it's like, I mean. So so here's my opinion. Like, you know, I don't think Dana and Khabib left on great terms. Um, you know, Dana obviously wanted him to come back and fight. Khabib retired. I, I still think they're in, but Khabib's now becoming a really good coach. So he's got these guys that are up and coming. So Dana has to deal with them. But, you know, it's not on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, so I'm assuming either Dana and the UFC either made a, a, a bid to get them on Fight Pass and Khabib just said, nope, we're going to do our own thing, or Dana and the UFC just said, we want nothing to do with them. Good luck. Um, so it's I don't, I don't think it's going to be a feeder organization for them, to be honest, because you know the business model, when I look at it from the outside, it's kind of strange. It's like, why would you invest in Sugar Asad Evans? Yeah. I have no fucking ideas. Why would you invest in Ray Borg? Like, I love those guys. They've done awesome things for the sport, but they are not fighters that have a long shelf life who are going to put asses in the seats. Are they, fight, like, it, it, are they fighting guys that are up-and-coming guys that can be stars? Like, who they, who I, you know, I'm not paying uh, attention to the match. Rashad Evans is fighting Checo. I've, uh, he's like 12 and 7 or oh, something so like he's, that. All right, so these aren't guys that um, they're trying and, to... Uh, uh, Ray Borg is fighting uh, Cody, another former UFC guy. Um, so it's it's a competitive fight. I think uh, Borg's definitely got the experience advantage as far as UFC fights go and total fights. But it's like it's their winning percentage is similar. Um, they're both former UFC guys. All right. Well, uh, there you go. That is what Friday night, correct? Friday night. Yep. Well, let's get to um, Saturday night, where another uh, adopted New England son, uh, number one flyweight, the shutdown, Blaine Shut, heading to Bell, uh, heading to Bellator MMA in where Phoenix, Arizona. Is that where he is? Yeah, he's yeah. out in Phoenix. He left today. The shutdown, referencing some of his drip right here. What what? Uh, hop onto his store at NewEnglandMMA.org, grab some of his swag, and help support uh, you know the shutdown's cause. Because uh, uh, it's not cheap, you know. These, these guys don't make a lot of money, and you know they need every penny 
to support their medical payments and uh, you know training and travel and all this shit. So yeah, the shutdown man. He's uh he's flying out to Phoenix, Arizona to fight on the Bellator card, a, a, a rare Saturday night Bellator card. Um, so it it should be awesome. He's going up a weight class at 135, but uh, you know he's been training with, and I'd love to bring up Carolyn Wester, uh, wrestling prep down in yep. Virginia. She's you know I've just gotten to know her recently, but she, you know some of her approaches and tactics are different and new. She's a head wrestling coach out of AKA American Kickboxing Academy in in uh, Sacramento. And uh, she also has a wrestling school in Virginia. And Blaine has been training with her um, for this camp. And, you know, if, if you kind of dig into her techniques and her past and her philosophies, it all makes sense. And, um, you know, it's really, really cool. So, you know, wrestling prep, Carolyn Wester, you know, helping Blaine shut out. Blaine's going to be cornered by her and Javier Mendez from AKA. And uh, it, it should be a, a fun night come Saturday night. And, you know, I, I know Blaine's been training his ass off. He didn't have a full fight camp, but he had five or six weeks to get ready for this. And, uh, you know, props to Carolyn West. She's been on top of shit. And she's opened my eyes to a, a different way of looking at training for mixed martial arts. And I'm not sure if you guys have, have looked at what some of she's done, but she's definitely unique and cutting edge but it all makes sense if you actually you know peel back that onion most definitely um travis anything you want to say and talk about blaine here in the card or or uh um no i i'd like to talk i mean blaine's fighting a tough dude we don't want that to go unnoticed um guys eight and one uh trains under fedor emilianenko uh yeah he blaine knows he's in for a tough fight but blaine you can go back and look at his resume. Look at the people he has fought. Um, he's fought some killers, and uh, he doesn't intend to take the easy route to the top. Um, so this is really going to show what Blaine's made of. Um, his last fight went to decision with a former UFC guy. This is just another, uh, you know, another notch in the bedpost for for Blaine. Shut. Um, go out there and kick some ass, man. Did you say a notch in the bedpost? Travis? Yep. Let's not smooth over the fact that we still want to see Shot versus Pozo for the CES belt. Right? I mean, the number one and the number two ranked fighters in New England, it needs to happen. All let's right, see let, what let goes me, on let, with right, Bellator. Let, like, but... let me ask you a question. I mean, Blaine's coming off a loss in Bellator, um, Mitch is coming off his first loss. At um, where was the the contender series? Correct. Yeah. If Blaine loses again, which he's not going to, does that make like? Does that fight still make sense? You know what I mean? Is that something that you think Raposo will want to entertain if Blaine doesn't win this fight? And if Blaine does win this fight, you know he's probably gonna get it. He might get another Bellator fight or whatever. Because CES isn't giving him a fucking fight. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, uh, he's gonna have to entertain other offers, offers the way things have been this going. This is somewhat of a crossroads for Blaine. There's no question about it. Um, a big, like a win here, sends him probably sky high against this guy coming out of Fedor's camp. But a loss, I feel like losing on a Bellator stage, and I don't even want to talk about a loss on fight week for Blaine because it's not going to be a thing. So this is all just, you know. What, whatever this is this is what could be but um hypothetical yeah hypothetical yeah there you go i couldn't think of the word um but yeah this is all just hypothetical if if blaine were to lose i feel like you have to look at who he lost to and where he did it you know the, this big time prospect out of fedor's camp this former ufc guy both of those up a weight class from where he's a natural flyweight he's fighting at bantamweight i think you have to take that into consideration and then look at mitch where his loss came at the highest level too, is this sometimes losses at those levels for regional guys that are on the cusp are more feathers in their cap than they really are a knock on their their abilities. Yeah, and that, you know, Blaine, um, we've been more than respectful to. Uh, obviously, we manage Blaine, so we've been more than respectful to CES and the fact that Blaine holds that 125 belt with them. Blaine's a natural 125er. 
He's fighting at 135 in Bellator for a few reasons. A, to stay active, and B, it's really good money. Um, but ideally, we want to see Blaine fighting at 125, and we want to see him defending that CES belt. We just haven't been able to line up a fight with CES uh, over the last year to get Blaine back in the cage to defend that belt. And we've been calling out and asking for Mitch Raposo. Uh, it just hasn't come to fruition. So hopefully, regardless if it's a winner or lose uh, Saturday night, which I'm very confident he's going to win, we would still love you know that fight uh, against Raposo, the number one and number two flyweights in New England, to happen at CES for their belt maybe sometime this summer. Um, but it's it's not because Blaine's shine away. We've been trying on our end. It just hasn't come to fruition, and, and hopefully, you know, we can make that happen soon. And, uh, you know, before this fight, you know, Blaine had a little injury uh, from that last Bellator fight when he, uh, you know, basically cracked his foot. Um, fractured, as he says, uh, uh, right off the bat, which we saw with that leg yeah. kick. And that was right after the, the Weidman broke his leg, and like, and then all of a sudden Blaine throws this fucking leg kick right off and uh, just hits the shin bone. But, yeah, that affected him in that fight, and he still uh, went to a decision with a, a dude, you know, that, that they they were thinking that was just probably just going to run through a kid coming up uh, a weight class, fighting on short notice, basically. Yeah, I don't think anyone really runs through Blaine Shut though. That's the thing. Uh, Blaine Shut, you see his style of fight. He's a grinder. Um, whether he's winning the fight or he's losing the fight, he's always grinding. He's always trying to move forward, trying to trying to progress position, and that's just what he does. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise. It wasn't a surprise to me that he hung in there with him um, and took him all three rounds. And and it, that's just Blaine's style. And I think we might we're gonna see that again. They're, they're, it's gonna be two grinders. I feel like in this fight, but I don't think this kid from Fedor's camp has really seen the type of grinder that Blaine Schutz is and is is progressing to be with his new tutelage from um, you know the wrestling camp. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah Car Carolyn Westerman, shout out to her wrestling prep out of Virginia, but the uh, wrestling coach at AKA. You know, if you're if you're into this game as much as we are, and you and you kind of see the strategies and, and training tactics that go along, you know, check her out because it's some unique shit. But it all fucking makes sense when you put it together. Uh, so I'm really happy. You know, she's been involved in his camp, and uh, we're we're looking to hopefully get some other guys down to train with her as well. So it's pretty cool. Excellent, boys. Well, uh, let's uh, leave off with Neff because we want to add them into uh, the mix here because they were, you know, there the week after the Cage Titan show. It was Neff's 10th decade of dominance uh, card where, uh, you know, 10 years of, uh, you know, their, their, their grind to get where they are. And, uh, you know, we spoke about Cage Titans and how, you know, beautifully they've put together the social media portion of their, uh, you know, their promotion and just uh, the experience at the shows itself you know Neff is one of those others I mean that's that's number two to me uh, Neff is right behind um, Cage Titans with you know the way they treat their fighters and the way they give them the shine on social media um, you know there's a lot of work Mike has a lot of components working for him that bring this beautiful product out I think Matt you know has a smaller group helping him but as they go and get more experience he'll bring in more people and he's just going to evolve and it shows every card they have how much better that product gets yeah I, I think there's you know both cage fans and NEF are well-oiled machines they've both been around the game for 10 years plus and they know the process you know they're uh they do a really good job in the marketing side. Uh, you know, they, they put together fights that people want to see. And, you know, shout out to Matt Peterson and Nick DeSalvo at NEF. Uh, you know, they do some amazing things. But they also operate in different regions. You know, NEF is traditionally a, a Maine-based promotion where you're seeing a lot of Maine and New Hampshire fighters fighting up there. And then Cage Titans, you're typically seeing guys from, you know, uh, the Boston area, South Shore area. So they kind of pull from different, uh, I guess, camps, if you if you yeah. say. But, you know, uh, but they do, both do a really good job 
of elevating this game in our region. So shout out, shout out to them. And you know, in NEF, I think focuses more on amateur fights. They, they'll, they'll have typically they'll have you know 12 amateur fights and three or four pro fights. Where Cage Titans may have six or seven amateur fights and six or seven pro fights. So they have different business models to a degree. Uh, but both of them are great organizations to be involved with in this region when it comes to the sport, and, and shout out to them. So NEF, uh, was it 45? 46. 46? Yes. Uh, NEF 46 on you know February 12th at Aura up in Portland, Maine. Um, you know, although Aura has a great sound system, it's, uh, in my opinion, an awful venue to go watch a fight. <laughs> uh, just, I love it. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Like, the, well, because, no because I, here's, like, here's, here's just, all right. See, you just said it right there. That's why look at it as a fan perspective. You're looking at it as a media guy that you don't have. Like if you are, right, if so, you're a fan and fan, you want fan to see that. Let, yep. Let's say you're standing on the floor. All right. General admission standing on the floor. And there's probably maybe 500 people in that space. We're standing there. There's no seats. You're, it, it's literally a club. It's my life. And you are the cage is elevated ten get, feet. Get the disco and the techno like, music going. We're uh, in. <laughs> you can't see what's going on in that cage. You have to watch the screen. They have a massive screen behind it, so you can watch that. The sound system is fucking awesome. The best, you know, ever. Um, but the fact that and I think Travis and I have talked about this. If you're a fan standing down on that floor. You know, it, it's a really you're close, but you can't really get good angles to see what's going on in the fight. I I understand that, but I think you're looking as at as an analyst point of view that you want to see everything. I think people are drinking down there; they're having a ball. They're seeing little segments and and like they look at the screen. Me, I, I'm with them. I'm like, oh my fucking like. Hey, to I, me, I it's that, like, but, oh my but, god. <laughs> you you've also seen where these fighters warm up back then. Oh yeah, it's cramped as fuck. I yeah, I, I, I mean, know that. you have you got twenty fights, you got forty fighters, yeah. and all their trainers is there's yeah. no space to to do shit. Uh, you know? yeah, I understand that. I was down there interviewing with uh, Chelsea, and um, man, they got it done. They get you get it done in there, yeah, and hey, uh, they figure it out. It's yeah. it's great. It's just I I don't love the venue. Um, no, that's my only knock on NEF is, is that venue. Everything else they do is great. Let me ask you a question. Why why do they go to that venue? Why why is that venue uh uh who I, I bet you who knows. Um just easier for yeah. them or I I, I bet I bet you they have a a good deal. You know? It probably has something to do with finances, I'm assuming. Well that's great. Um you it's know, also but, I mean location wise, it's a great spot as geographically. Right. When it comes yes. to me, it's right in downtown Portland, and yeah. it doesn't get better geographically than that. So, that's what it kind of has going for it. But, um, but you know, it'd be a great spot in downtown Portland that other shows Expo. have gone to previously is the Expo. The Expo in downtown <laughs> Portland can probably hold two or three times more people than uh, Aura. Maybe they're they afraid they can't sell it out. I mean, you know, it's a chance. Well, and, and more more the, money to pay for it too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they probably have to pay more money. And the main Celtics are in that spot. That's where they play. So maybe the logistics wouldn't work out. But besides Plymouth Memorial Hall, I think the Portland Expo in Portland is, uh, you know, second in terms of best venues in New England. Excellent. Actually, I want to bring I want to bring something up real quick. Um, don't know how much of it about about it I can talk about, but. Um, Another venue, Steve, you were at the last Lion Fight? Yes. How was that venue? It was huge and beautiful. It was it big. Was it was wide huge. open. Like wide open and big. And they were only using yeah, well, they were only using like a third to half of it at Lion Fight. Well, were they were they in Melrose, Steve, or were they in No, Wilmington? no, I forgot where, where they were at the Shriners Auditorium yes. in Wilmington. Yes. And there used to be a gentleman on the local regional scene that used to promote some fights in that building. And uh, just so you know, it, it might happen again. Let's just let's just put it that way. Um, a good friend okay. of ours, 
you know, uh, we, we've been talking, um, and that might be a new place uh, to, to revolve New England MMA around uh, down there in Wilmington. Uh, I won't say any more than that. People who know, know. Um, and people who don't will find out very shortly. But uh, there's there's going to be a, a, a new show in town pretty soon. Um, and I'm yeah, excited to learn about it. It's, good. it's funny to say that because, you know, we lose the promotion most likely in Premiere. Uh, but we're probably gaining a new promotion, which is an oh, old you promotion. Oh, you sound like children. It's rumors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck, yeah. Your, fuck your grandmother yeah. and your fuck your fucking mother and fucking <laughs> we yeah. go we. Yeah, fucking dickhead. Yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. No, I have no idea. Fucking, yeah. we're, we're uneducated, but. Scumbags. Yeah, douchebags. <laughs> All right. With that said, guys, uh, last thing, anyway, uh, Lars, you want to bring up anything before we get going uh, from, uh, you know, anywhere? Uh, no, man. I mean, we, we got a ton of activity coming up between all, you know, the, the promotions that are, you know, going to be coming up here. Uh, we had a little bit of a downtime uh, through Thanksgiving and Christmas, but we have starting February 5th, we got five weekends of action back to back to back to back to back. And it's going to be fun. Well, you know, we're going to be covering most of that. But, you know, shout out to Calvin Cater, um, you know, when a, you know, owner of Combat Zone, a, uh, a local promotion. He, he won on a huge stage last week after a year off. And, you know, going to give a shout out to him and his coach, Tyson Chartier. Um, you know, it was I actually text message Tyson after the fight. And I said, hey, man, congrats, man. You handled it the right way. Because... Let's be honest, Calvin took a beating against Max Holloway a year ago. And it was like a scary beating where, God, how do you come back from that? And he was held out. He had no contact for six months. And events slowly started getting back into it. And they got this fight. Um, and, you know, Calvin, you know, against CJ Chikese, who's a hell of a kickboxer, and they had a great game plan, putting him on his back foot, pressuring him, not letting him get in his kicking game off. And Calvin looked the best he's ever looked after a year layoff, after taking a beating. So I just texted Tyson and was like, hey, uh, I love what you did with that. You know, that is, that's how you manage and coach a fighter right there. Um, so shout out to New England-owned Calvin Cater, pro probably the best fighter to ever come out of our region. Right. Most definitely. The cartel hat. Yeah. Most successful. Um, and still fighting. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's got another big fight coming when he's ready to come back. So um, big things yeah. ahead of him. Um, last thing I want to add in there. I was at um, no boundary fight over the weekend, Saturday night. Dude, it was a fucking incredible fucking show. I mean, um, it's not MMA, but the crowd there is are, it just erupts. Uh, they know they are knowledgeable what's going on in there. It was uh, it was a treat. I felt really special there. No Boundary treat me really well. They put me right there. They let me stream the fights live. Um, not something I expected ever expect I'm going to do when I go to fights. Um, you know, I expected to interview a few fighters, take some clips, throw them on Instagram. Hey, 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 here you go. Here's your highlights. They had me stream every fight for them. Uh, you know, they didn't make me. They said, you want to stream? I fucking, you know, I'm all over. I had my tripod in the air all fucking night. Wasn't the best quality, but, you know, you're, you're, you're winging it at that point. Let's get this shit out. And I have to say, people appreciated it. They tuned in. They loved it. And, uh, man, it, it makes a, it, it, this is what we do. You know what I mean? We show up places and we do things that the promotion can't do or not going to do. And, if they allow us to do it, we're going to fucking do it and fill the gaps and, uh, you know, whatever they give us, we're taking, you know what I mean? And we might feel a little bit here and there too. Yeah. Yeah. No, Steve, like you killed it last week in a no boundary and, you know, we walked this fine line of giving our viewers content, uh, that they want to see, but also not pissing off the promotions and putting things out there. Cause they obviously want people to buy tickets. To go and see it they want them to buy pay-per-views and we get that we understand that so we need to to balance that relationship with the promotions of like all right what can we show in terms of video what can we show in terms of video streaming typically is you know 
uh, faux pas, but, you know, can we show short clips and, you know, put it out there shortly after the fight's over? It, it, it's all uh, the dance. And, uh, you know, some promotions uh, allow us to dance as much as we want. Others, you know, uh, have other deals set up where they're, they're violating those conditions and we got to play by those rules. So it's, um, you know, we never want to piss off the promotions and we're, but we, we also want to bring content that people want to see. So it's, you know, I think that was a great example last week and of everything kind of coming together where they said, Hey, we're sold out, go ahead and stream it. Uh, let's do it. And we got a ton of views. It was awesome. Um, you know, but that th doesn't always work out, and we kind of play it by ear uh, with each with each show that we go to. And what we talked about today is like what we fill in the gaps for each other. You know what I mean? It's like um, if one of us don't know something or can't be there, uh, the other the other are. So uh, yeah, we got a good team here, always adding. Um, I Can I get five minutes just to quickly run down CES '66, which is coming up? Yeah, everyone. Go ahead. Yeah. Just just a quick five minutes. Um, I just want to run down the card because it's absolutely stacked. Should so I go far. to uh, – let me go to see – go ahead. I'm going to go to see Instagram while you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think, Tra Travis, to your point, like CES 66 is shaping up to be one of the best cards we've seen in a long time in yep. New England. Like the, the four fights or five fights they've announced so far, they're like head turners. Like the There's top three are just – six? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So um, we'll start at the bottom. One of the newest ones uh, that just got added last night is um, Triforce MMA's uh, Dion Rubio. And uh, he is fighting Bobby Casale. Um, Casale will be making his pro debut against Rubio. So that's one that was recently announced. He also won yesterday, or maybe the day before, came across Tyreem the Dream Da Silva. Against Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Da Silva is looking to go 2-0, uh, both wins hopefully coming inside the CES cage. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is 1-1, one and one. Um, another another decent fight. Um, next, we have a uh, former UFC competitor, um, guy from up here in New Hampshire, trains with uh, Walter Cotito Smith at uh, the academy uh, down there in Na uh, Nashua, Joey Gomez. Joey Gomez is on here. He's uh, uh, fighting a Russian dude out of Canada. Six and four, tough guy. Actually, has fought Jacob Bone before. Um, yeah, so another another big name, former UFC guy in Joey Gomez. Then you got Jay, the Joker, uh, Aaron. And and shout out to KTA. Yep. Uh, who've had us down there before? You know, Walter Mosquito, Joey Gomez. You know, those studs. It's really great to see Joey back in the cage. I had a conversation with him a year and a half ago, and, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see him get a matchup. So, shout out to KTA. And also, I like seeing their pictures come across to their new location with the full cage in their gym. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And Walter promised us that while we were down there. So, then we get to a bantamweight world title fight between the current reigning, defending, well, will be defending his title, uh, Jay the Joker Perrin. He is fighting one of the – it, this this sucks for me. I love <laughs> Jay Perrin more than just about any fighter on the region, but I'm higher on just about anyone than Asheka Jim, who uh, will be challenging him for the 130 pound, uh, 35 pound title. Um, and and that's not it. We have a <laughs> that's that's number that's one that's J Jay Perrin, number one in New England. Asheka Jim, number five, I believe. So that's a hell of a matchup. That that's I got that one circled. Yep. Uh, the next one you have to have circled to uh, Billy Goff against Gary Belletto Jr. Probably one of the best welterweight matchups you can expect to come out of New England. Um, this was when I remember when Lars first mentioned that this matchup or it was the first I had heard of it. I said, no way. There's no way that these two young up and coming prospects are going to put it all on the line in the regional organization. It's like a it's a contender fight. It's a possible UFC uh, uh they both could be in the UFC by the, this time next year. Uh, it's just an incredible fight. That's going to be for the 170-pound world title at CES. And then the Asian sensation Andre Sukumta makes his return to CES for the first time in many, many years. He was the, the champion down there at bantamweight for a long, long time. And he is fighting Diego Silva, 
who challenged Jay Perrin for his Cage Titans bantamweight title. Well, was supposed to. It never had the title on the line, but he's fought Jay Perrin as well. So it's an absolutely stacked card. I'm excited because I think the last time Andre Sukumtov fought at uh, CES was CES 36, and I started covering CES CES 39. So I've actually admittedly never seen Andre fight live, and uh, that's going to change for me. Awesome. Yeah, and, and they're also going back to their home turf at uh, in Lincoln, Rhode Island. Was Twin Rivers Casino now at Bally's Casino, yep. I believe. Bally's Twin uh, Rivers Casino. Now yeah. Uh, so they're going back to their their home turf, which is a nice, very nice venue, awesome venue. You know, we were at their last show at kind of a high school gym, and it just didn't have that CES vibe or feel. So I'm glad to see them kind of getting back into uh, a venue that really promotes their brand. And what they put together so far is a card you cannot miss in New England. Uh, fucking stellar. Stellar matchups. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for March 4th to be down there and, and seeing it in person. And, uh, you know, good for Jimmy Birchfield Jr. and Sr. And Pat Sullivan and the whole crew down there. You know, they've been huge supporters of ours, and uh, we'll be there to support them and, and promote a hell of a fucking card. Awesome. Yeah, and, and I've heard I've heard rumors that um, Eddie George may be on the card uh, eventually, uh, that that might be announced eventually. I, I can't confirm any of that, but just looking at this card and the idea of some more up-and-coming undefeated prospects making it on this card, this this is uh, – they're pulling out all the stops for this one. Um it, it, it's incredible. I can't wait for it. Excellent. Uh, last thing I want to say before I let you guys go or give you thank yous or whatever, social media or whatever. Um, we're going to be doing, we're going to be trying something new as we are together in these, uh, these cards. We're going to do our, try to do our own pre-show lives right from, uh, you know, the computer right there. Uh, we're going to try something raw on the road. At these shows, uh, maybe, uh, you know, 45 minutes before the show starts, when everyone starts coming in. Uh, do a quick 25-minute, 30-minute um, pre-show. Because I think uh, we have a ton of knowledge together that can uh, really break down a card uh, once we sit together and really uh, feel in the atmosphere in the room, getting ready to roll. So that's definitely something we're going to be doing in the future. As far as, like, uh, Lars, man, you got a lot of uh, new toys and stuff. We're all... Building here, uh, getting interviews right as we flow and, and, after the show, I, like after the fights and everything. Well, uh, are we gonna do a post show too when we're at the strip club? And yeah, yeah, we'll do it right. We'll right do it right from the pool. We'll do it right from the pool. Maybe it's got a space buried in something. Yeah, that'll be the post show. When I'm, you <laughs> know, can, can we? When this I, I, want, I want people to respond to this. It, I want people to respond to this in the comment section. This is a pipe dream that Lars and I have had what? since we've been traveling on the road. We want to do a little podcast after each show when we're driving home because we always get McDonald's drive through yeah. And we want to rate each McDonald's drive through that we go to while we talk about the fights that we just saw. If Ooh. anyone in New England would even be remotely interested in seeing my just fat put, ass get fatter and talk about MMA. <laughs> just put it up on the just, just go live while you're driving. Yeah, yeah well, it would be epic because we literally rate the sandwiches, you know, you got – we rate the fries, like yeah. the service, like we go, like we, we literally, and we've done this probably 10 times now, we haven't written anything down, we're like, we should really start writing this down and tracking, because <laughs> we've been to like, literally, we get out of these shows at midnight, 1am, and we have, first of all, we have to search for a fucking McDonald's that's still open, because Google will tell you it's open and it's not, uh, and then when we find it, like, Typically, the service you're getting at 2 a.m. and one drive-through isn't that great? It's one person. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's one guy with everything. Lines to the street. Oh yeah, but uh, li so literally, the last show I did, which was um, was uh, it with me at Nap when we couldn't find what, a we couldn't find a place? Yes. Oh, where was it? Oh no, it was Combat Zone. Okay. Yeah. I, I went to Combat Zone and com their last show, and I was starving because. A lot of times we get there at like four or five o'clock and we haven't eaten dinner and we just cover the show. I'm like, all right, we're starving. We need to get something. It's midnight. It's 1 a.m. So I left Combat Zone in Manchester, New Hampshire, and I started Googling what McDonald's were open. And 
I went to one in Manchester, and the line was like 20 cars deep. I'm like, not sitting in that line. It would have taken me 45 minutes. So I, drove, I literally drove to six different McDonald's from Manchester, New Hampshire, to Kittery, Maine. All of them fucking closed. And I was texting you guys the whole time. I was like, I've stopped at six McDonald's. Yeah. They've all been fucking closed. So I went to 7-Eleven in Kittery, Maine, and I got uh, uh, two microwave burritos. And I was so fucking hungry, and I was carrying them out, happy as a pig and shit, and I dropped one <laughs> I on the fucking up. ground. I would have picked it up. And I picked it up. I said, I'm eating this motherfucker. And I went in my car, and I ate both those burritos, and they were delicious. Yeah, of course time, they but were. I'd rather, you know, get a McDonald's and be able to rate it and give the fans what yeah, they well, want. Yeah, that, well, that's yeah, showing so to make it. I, I think you'll also see if we ever do this as a pattern in our orders. We almost have, like, a, this is our order, and we stick to it. Lars usually makes the the ultimate mistake of ordering an apple pie at 2 a.m. <laughs> and expecting it not to taste like the carton that it came in. But, yeah, I always have I always have way too much food because I think, you know, when I get home, I'm going to want another double cheeseburger. Yeah. Don't reheat McDonald's. No. He's <laughs> no. so true. I, I've been ordering apple pies, and every time I get them, it's like a piece of cardboard, and you take one bite, and you're like, I can't eat this. Yeah, it, it's, been there, McDonald's apple pie. It's, fucking, it's been there since noon. That's why. The, the seagull, the seagulls on the North Shore actually love it because Lars throws that some bitch right out the window doing about seventy in Revere. You know, you remember, you know, at uh, in Anchorman when Will Ferrell's oh eating a burrito while driving in the car, oh, it sounds and he like... takes one one bite and he's like, "Oh, I'm so full!" And he chucks it out the window and it's a full burrito. That's like me with an apple pie. After, yeah. uh, it sounds like I, one of our fucking messenger fucking chats, man. <laughs> but but Travis out. does order like forty dollars of food. <laughs> and eats like thirty dollars of it. I <laughs> eat like thirty-eight of it. I eat, I eat thirty-eight of it, and then I just have to stop because I know I'm not gonna make it home if I eat that last burger. <laughs> but we we critique this food like it's gourmet, yeah, like Michelin star type of, your, of restaurant. You're starving like out of your mind. We 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 rate the. Fries, we rate the sandwiches, we rate the service, uh, and then we rate it all as like one, you know, experience. Full experience, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's, it's pretty great. I mean, um, it's rare that you get over uh, like a seven point two at two a.m., but yeah. we're 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 passionate about it, man. Just, so we're so, just as passionate about two a.m. McDonald's as we are. It's, MMA it's always McDonald's. Is that is that where it's going to be the McDonald's rating? Yeah, it's going to be now, McDonald's. All right. That's all we ever find at that time of night, and it's just one of those. It's just literally, you get out, you throw your computer in the car, you start the car, and you put McDonald's in the fucking uh, GPS, and you find the next one that's open. That's what we do. Well, he, he, and that's part of the problem. That should be in our ratings as well. Is like accessibility, because oftentimes you go on Google, or there, you know, and it says, "Oh, it's open till two a.m. Yeah, go check it out," and you get there, and it's fucking closed. Yeah. Um, you know, or so just special hours due to COVID, and it's like, uh, are we going to try yeah. that? That's part right. of the rating. If they're closed, well, yeah, you can't yeah. rate them. Part of the rating. It's like yeah. you're rolling the dice. Accessibility, and sometimes, you know, we get out like we – so now we're kind of getting a better feel to McDonald's local to where a lot of these fights happen, like in Plymouth. Um, you know, we know we can grab one close by. Manchester is a shit show. Um, don't try to get McDonald's at 2 a.m. in Manchester. It's not even worth it. Uh, you'll end up getting fucking 7-Eleven. Shanked. Um, fucking burritos. Burrito. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's... Oh, man, we went down a rabbit hole. I loved it. Yeah, let's get yeah. out of here. I, I, like, I'm, it's like, I gotta, I, you know, it's 9, 9.14. We went like a fucking... Where'd we go? When'd we start? 8 o'clock. We're over an hour. We're supposed to go fucking 40 minutes. All I know is it's 9.14, and McDonald's is still open. All right, and I'm going to one of those on the way home because uh, <laughs> I'm starving. I'm eating fucking pumpkin seeds now, so. All right, well, that's it. Are we done here? Yeah, we're oh, done. Yeah. All right, so tomorrow. Peace out, New England. Tomorrow, uh, another podcast. And then um, I'm, I'm interviewing. Nice. I'm interviewing Kevin Walsh tomorrow who will be fighting for um, – Boston boxing promotions, and then I got our own Brendan Boats on Friday. Not live. We're gonna do a recorded interview about um him entering the cage at seventy two. So um, yeah, he's too he's too sexy to have on live. 
Yeah, that Brendan, dude, got, he's got abs of fucking steel, that uh, guy. Dude, he is ripped. He, the, the, the guy's he's an old man, and he's, you know, he's in trouble. He's going to go fight this young yeah. kid. And then he posts a picture, and it's a Adonis. 80-year-old head on a 13-year-old body. <laughs> and he's ripped. Like a middle school wrestler. He's just like he's got the ass of a ten year old boy. Another rabbit hole. Alright, with that percent it's hundred percent beef. Brendan Motorboats. But uh, we yeah. also were help, trying to help with his nickname. I love motorboats. But he was also kind of waffling on, like, Brendan cocks everywhere boats. He just has this thing with cocks being everywhere. It was just really weird. So, regardless, he's going to kill it. Uh, That's a story on, uh, for another birthday. day. Next podcast together. <laughs> we'll go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, Brendan cocks everywhere boats. I walked in, there was cocks everywhere. I almost killed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> So with that said, don't go away. I'm just uh, stopping them, whatever's going on here. All right, people, tune in tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Jake's, Jake Hicks and Bow? Bow. How do you say it left? Bow. And Arthur Mukuku will be on Talking Cage Titans 51 and their fight. Arthur has a title fight. And... Um, Jake is making his pro debut, so we'll have them on. And like I said, I got a couple of more interviews before the weekend. And then next week, we are blowing it up again with uh, probably trying to get a couple of um, CES guys on, uh, a couple of more Cage Titans guys on, some Neff people in. It's a busy fucking couple of weeks coming, guys. So with that said, don't go anywhere. I'm going to hit the intro music and get the fuck out of here. <laughs>